For nothing, but what the shit is up, you Christmas sons of bitches. <laughs> Not for nothing. Oh my goodness gracious, gravy! Let's get this stuff going and get crazy. Ow! It's that jingle <laughs> balls time of year. We're gonna get real deep with the Christmas stuff with a uh, Christmas bloody Christmas episode. Joe Bagos's new movie. Aside from that, what's going on with everybody? How's y'all's week been? Pretty good. Pretty good. Had the work Christmas party. Um, we did the white elephant. I don't think anybody was as thrilled. About it. Tell, tell them what you got them. We got you as a white elephant gift for an office party. Oh, I bought a Christmas po- or a office possum. He like hangs on cubicles, and I don't know. I thought it was awesome, but apparently, I'm the only person who thought it was awesome. I did see him in the office today. He was tucked near a Christmas tree, like, around it. He already had a name tag out. I don't know. So people are starting to have fun with it. That was my whole point. Did the person <laughs> who wanted it at least try to feign, like, like that a they were bit. happy She's to like, have it? Oh, uh, a rat? <laughs> I'm like, come on. That's insulting. It's an office possum. <laughs> Good Lord. It sounds like an amazing gift, Kelly. I think you did a great job. Well, there was also a lottery ticket. And what else did I put in there? There was something. Oh, like a little board for the cubicles that you put the letters on. I don't know. It wasn't a terrible white elephant gift. I loved the office possum. <laughs> um, It was my oh, yeah. birthday over the week. And Kelly got me a <laughs> Nick Cage octopus with octopus tentacles with Nick Cage's face on the bottom. Um, <laughs> If you're watching the video version, there you go. And... um. Germ over there was nice <laughs> enough to send me a copy of Bliss, uh, which I watched and enjoyed, and we'll be talking about tonight briefly because Kelly had already done it on a previous episode. But I'm just going to throw my thoughts in on it. So that was very nice of them. And then uh, through that snafu, you want to tell them what you did, uh, Germ? What did I do? Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, the last thing I sent through Amazon was the Bliss Blu-ray to uh, Big Dog here for his birthday. And so uh, last night or yesterday, I wanted to order myself some bang energy drink. Ba, 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 bang! Ba, 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 and, bang! Uh, yeah. And bang! Instead of checking the address where I was sending it to and sending it to myself like I should have, I accidentally sent it to the big man in charge. And uh, he may or may not get a case of pomegranate sweet tea. Bang energy drink tomorrow. We'll see if it, if it, if you do enjoy. If you don't, I'll get my money back, and that'll be nice as well. I mean, it'll be up in there. We'll see what happens tomorrow. You know, I'm yeah. not going to be uh, upset about it. I'll say that. You know, that's at least the flavor I, I like. As opposed to, man, those guys are always putting out some real weird shit. You know, like here's a cookies and cream energy drink, and here's birthday cake energy drink. Here's one that's called unicorn. You know, it's like. The fuck is any of this? You know? Yeah, like I, I don't even know. Like when it, it's unicorn birthday cake, you know, fairy spray. I'm like, I there's no other flavor, so I'm gonna try it. What is this flavor supposed to be? Yeah, the the things they name it are not flavors. They're not. 
when unicorn when is not a flavor. creatures become flavors if you could eat a unicorn believe me i would have already tr tried it 37 different ways i'm sure it's magical yeah i'm sure right? <laughs> if they made a sasquatch if they made a sasquatch flavor kelly would kelly would definitely just i don't know man that might be kind of gross like i'd have to find more out about the sasquatch habitat <laughs> or, like... is this is this a grass Sasquatch? Like, is this... I mean, are I'm not going to have a Sasquatch that's been eaten out of the dumpster at night. Is this a free-range Sasquatch? Is this a free-range Sasquatch? Uh, she eats free. You know, she she's she eats it pinky up. But you know what? I bet you, if you cook up unicorn meat, it steams rainbow. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Just uh, wafts up magic into your nose. Is this rainbow and glitter? You take yeah. a bite, and there's this a xylophone noise. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to try penguin too. I bet you penguin on a on a pretzel bun would be oh, yeah, uh, that's delightful. Because like goose and ducks, really good. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, that's one lazy bird. You know, like they just they're just hobbling around with no knees. They're all fat. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm sure they're very fatty. <laughs> you know. It's, yeah, it's not legal to eat a penguin, is it? I wouldn't imagine so. I wouldn't. Like, I wouldn't think so. Maybe are they endangered? I don't know. I think so. and they're endangered of being delicious. Ow! They're in danger of go, or going into my belly with a little bit of barbecue sauce. I'll tell you that. Hell yeah! Right? Throw a little caviar on it because you, you know if you're like getting penguin, you're right there by the water. Might as well grab up some. <laughs> Might as well just grab some caviar because caviar just floats down the road. <laughs> I would have you know, I already. Can, <laughs> I can Where run around penguins? the tundra with a fucking net and catch me up some penguins. Uh, but I, you know, I think caviar is a much, much, much more laborious process. So I think on my penguin sandwich, and this is just me talking to spitball in here, you could have it whatever way you want, Kelly. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but I'm going to get mine sans uh, uh, caviar, please. Sans. Sans okay. caviar. A little, just a little yeah. salt, a little pepper, you know, go easy on the seasoning. Um May, yeah, it'd be. I bet you it'd be delicious. Nice fatty bird. Cook it like yeah. a hot chicken sandwich. Yeah. Ooh, some some seasoning in a pickle. Well, we're talking about some breaded penguin. Breaded penguin. Well, now I'm gonna do a whole lot of googling when we're done with this episode. I'm pretty <laughs> positive there's no way I'll ever be able to to um to eat penguin, but I do know what I'm about to write my congressman about tonight. <laughs> do do do. But we gotta take care of these lulls. <laughs> There's penguin meat out there, just willy nilly. The seals could have it. No one's arresting the seals. No one's even arresting Seal the singer. Give me penguin. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, you can eat penguins, but according to the 1959 Antarctic Treaty, the consumption of penguins is prohibited in most countries. Huh. There you go. Most well, the Wizard is... of Pod has spoken. <laughs> Does it list what countries it's not illegal in? I'll go back to you on that. All right. We use our producer for good in this podcast, okay, guys? Uh, anyway, what movies? What are we what are we doing this week? What well hold on, hold on. I wanted to talk about my big announcement uh that oh, yeah, we dropped today uh, sorry, for RPW. Uh we are uh we have our first Japanese talent. Uh, jumping on into the ring for us, we have uh, Tajiriki uh, Sakuda uh, making his RPW debut January twentieth. At this time, it's war. 
Uh, we found ourselves a much, much larger venue. Um, this is a big, nice place, plenty of parking, a uh, big bar. We're going to have the kitchen up and running. Uh, the, the girl that's usually up there cooking all our good vittles will be up there cooking up her stuff. So uh, I'm assuming by the time you hear this, um, front rows will be sold out because they sold out within almost an hour of announcing it. But we will have plenty of GAs because it, it seats a metric shit ton of people. So that's only the first announcement. And we have some big, big stuff uh, getting announced uh, as well. So keep an eye out on all our social medias for RPW for this time it's war. With that, let's talk movies. Hell yeah. <laughs> now that we got the announcement for something else that doesn't have to do with horror movies out of the way. <laughs> hey, listen, listen here. This is a shameless plug. You 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 you're posted about sexy Santas on the uh the the page. That has nothing to do about horror movies either. Okay, sir. Actually, Santa has a lot to do with tonight's main movie. Not exactly sexy Santa, if you think Not robots really. are sexy. Well, but... uh, robot Santa, Terminator Santa. <laughs> if you think Terminator Santa, Terminator Santa is sexy, then tonight we've got the movie. <laughs> yeah, when we go uh, tobogganing into spoiler country, uh, it's going to be Joe Bagos's, uh Christmas, bloody Christmas. But until then, let's talk about what we've been watching. Why don't you go first, Jeremy? All right. Uh, I'm going to go first with a classic christmas story of who slew auntie rue uh this came out in 1972 yeah it was before there was even like an idea of christmas horror being mm-hmm. a um subgenre um and it stars shelly winters which you know she was big back in the day uh you know classically trained uh, actress uh, but people are probably most well known, at least for our generation, is probably as uh, the grandma or one of the grandmas on Roseanne. Do you remember her on Roseanne? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Nana Mary. Yeah, so, was that, uh, was that uh, Roseanne's mom or Dan's mom? I think it's Dan's mom. Okay, yeah, it was Dan's mom. Okay, yeah. So I, I think it's interesting to see her. You know what? What in 1972 doing this this uh, like hag exploitation film? It's a and it's a a tale that's based off of like the Hansel and Gretel trope. You know, two kids and blah blah. blah. Yeah. They they basically portray her as the witch and she's eating children or whatever, but that's not the case. Uh, it starts out she's a rich. Uh, ex-actress and uh, she has an estate and every Christmas she invites the children from the local orphanage that are good to stay overnight at her place. They get to stay Christmas Eve and unwrap Christmas presents there and eat a Christmas feast there. Well, um, the little girl, one of the little girls, she thinks is her long since deceased daughter and that come right, come back to life and decides to kidnap her and since the little girl and her brother weren't supposed to be on the trip in the first place because they were naughty they weren't supposed to be there but they snuck away in the trunk of the car um nobody really noticed that they were gone and she convinced everybody that they had that the children had ran away when really she had them locked away in a closet um things go back and forth you know there's some weird creepy things it has some it's kind of uneven throughout. And then the, by the third act, I'm just feeling like, I don't like any of these characters 
and I just want to see them all die. They're all none of them are are uh, sympathetic. None of them I care about. Uh, I think it's worth watching just because it is a Christmas movie, and uh, Shelley Winters is cool to watch. You know, it's got that old school hag exploitation feel. Uh, at the same time, don't expect greatness. You know, uh, it's by the director Curtis Harrington. And he did a lot of like exploitation in the 60s and 70s, uh, Night Tide, uh, Queen of Blood, and Ruby are kind of what he's known for. So uh, I give it, I would give it, a, I don't know, three. I'm going to be generous. I'll give it a three. I'm not going to be stingy with my stars. <laughs> uh, I'd give it two and a half. It's good. Oh, I'm you, you checked it out then? I oh, haven't yeah, seen, seen it in a long yeah, time, yeah. but yeah, I'd give it about two and a half as well. From what I remember. I remember that one. It was, it was good. But it's nice to like think of it as a Christmas horror movie. You know what I mean? I didn't even consider that when thinking of Christmas horror movies. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah that one's a good one. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's not like one of my favorites or one of my go-tos. In fact, I didn't even think about it as a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Or I knew it was a Christmas movie, but like when I was thinking of out, outside-the-box Christmas movies. Yeah. Uh, of things to watch it never even occurred to me and i do have a copy downstairs but it, it's a fun watch it's a good watch to hit every couple years you know not like an all the time mm-hmm. watch right absolutely uh you know and i'm not gonna put it on the same level as it but you know black christmas the original black christmas is kind of a slow burn and it's kind of a like an american giallo actually canadian giallo um but i mean this is kind of a slow burn you know what i mean so yeah, don't definitely. go expect go and expecting silent night deadly night or even christmas evil it's a it's more of a uh a beginner's horror film if you know what i mean you know i've still never seen christmas evil that's on the list for this year yeah highly enjoyable i would definitely recommend that one that was one of my favorites when i was a teenager renting it having friends over for christmas time that it was always silent night deadly night and christmas Mm -hmm. evil but right yeah, that's uh, that's my yeah. first one for the night. Let's go. Let's keep the ball rolling. Let's keep the terror train going. What killer Kelly got? All right. Um, I watched three movies this week that uh two I've never seen before. One I have seen but didn't remember it at all. But um, we'll start with 2018. Await further instruction. This is a uh an English movie. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. It's, so good. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's on Amazon Prime, uh, AMC, Pluto, Tubi. Um, basically, family gets together for Christmas. They're, you know, it's the first time son's home in a while. They're a bunch of, they're really dysfunctional. It's your average Christmas. He brings home a girlfriend. She's an Indian girl. And the family's kind of racist. You know, they've got their drama going on. And then out of nowhere, the house gets sealed up with this, like, weird like a black like substance thing i'm not gonna go too far into it because that's part of like the whole mystery of the of the thing but basically i mean this to the family questioning each other a lot of paranoia a lot of fighting amongst the family like nobody knows like who to trust or the dad's thinking it's like god um the screen starts showing these instructions like it, it for the first one just says stay stay indoors and await further instruction and then they're all like what the fuck what the fuck we can't get out you know and um 
like more and more instructions appear on the screen and it's all in this like old like old vintage like fonts like you know on the original computers you know what i'm talking about yeah 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 or like old like uh 8-bit fonts yeah but it's uh they do they start fighting amongst themselves um some like syringes fall out of the thing and you know the dead like it it kind of goes into something like about people blind blindly following orders without knowing shit about it you know because the dad's like oh it came to us we should you know we should take whatever's in this and of course people start dying different ways i i don't want to tell you too much but i really enjoyed this one i'd give it a three and a half or a four it is it's basically about the dynamic of the family of them like being paranoid and like wanting to kill each other and like who do i trust or what's going on outside is this god is this the government you know is it terrorists aliens like they really do have you questioning throughout the entire movie i enjoyed it yeah i remember when i originally saw uh wait for their instructions it was uh at the cinepocalypse uh film festival that year that it came out and the the filmmakers were there and uh it was really it was really interesting to see it, you know, not knowing anything about it going in, not knowing yeah. that it takes place on Christmas or that it was going to be this really weird genre mashup that incorporates uh, everything from, you know, Lovecraftian mythos to Cronenberg to, you know, it's body mm-hmm. horror. It's yeah, and then it you even have, have like horror. elements of Japanese like techno fear with the you know, television and stuff talking to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it's kind of brilliant. And I kind of, I kind of love that movie and I love it even more being that it takes place on Christmas it and does it's got take... the whole family there. Yep. It's so smart. So well done. It's even kind of got like a cube feel to it in a way too, you know, just yeah. them like not being able to get out and questioning what the fuck is going on. And I don't know. I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah. That, that feeling, that feeling of paranoia and claustrophobia. Yeah. Yeah, claustrophobia for sure. Just brilliant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For a place that takes place in one building, like the entire movie just takes place in the one house. It is. It's quite brilliant. Chris, what do you got this week? Uh, so I'm going to talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Intentions, uh, 1990, Brian Usna. Um, the reason I want to talk about this is this is the first one of these Silent Night, Deadly Night movies that ceases to be a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. They just kind of slapped that name on it. Uh, this is a very weird movie. Very weird. Um, it uh, it falls, like, it is a Christmas movie. It takes place on Christmas, or around Christmas. Even though it's hard to tell, because I think it takes place in California, so everyone's, like, in sundresses and all that. Like, it's not, not the, you don't get, like, the Christmas trees and the carols and, you know, like, uh, any of the decorations. Like, every once in a while, you might see a tree in the background or they might mention Christmas. Mm-hmm. But, like, unlike the other three Silent Night, Deadly Nights, you don't have Santa with an axe or anything like that. Um, this one's more body horror and insects and weirdness. Um, I am a big fan of Brian Usna. I think he's a very underlooked, uh, underrated director. Mm-hmm. Um, he made... Both the reanimator sequels. He made um, the third uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead, uh, Society, bunch of great movies. Progeny. Yeah. Um, And one of the things I realized watching this is that he's kind of like an unsung hero of body horror. Like, 
when he goes like off the deep end, when he goes up like with stuff like this and society, his stuff's up there. If uh, just as gross as Cronenberg and society gets even grosser in my opinion. Um, so this, this actually falls under that. Um, you have a reporter um, who's trying to find out the case of why this woman half spontaneously combusted and fell off a roof. And the only uh, 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 witness she had was Clint Howard. Um, so he's, he's a major star or a major role in this thing. So anytime Clint Howard's in anything, it instantly comes way more watchable to me. I, for some reason, I love that little fucking weirdo. And he's super weird in this. Um, this was off the heels of society and the storyline kind of feels mildly similar in parts. Um, they just added it to Shudder. It is a really weird watch. Um, it's very goopy, extremely gory. Like I said, with the body horrors, like people's like fingers are growing and things are getting all bendy. Um, there's like very large insects that get involved in this thing that are all slimy. This is like a weird, gross movie. Um, and it's one of those ones I think a lot of people have overlooked watching because they think it's just like, you know, how far can they go with Silent Night, Deadly Night? Well, this isn't really, a, a, aside from in name, a Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. You know, it's it's a weird, crazy Christmas body horror movie and psychological thriller. Uh, with that being said, you know, like, I I highly recommend this one. This is such a fun watch. And Brian used a, like, in his prime, and this is, like, right in his prime, gives you some of the goopiest, weirdest special effects you could ask for. And it's 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 one of those movies that you can put on with, like, a group of friends. And if they hadn't seen it before, everybody's just going to be saying, what the fuck, half the time. Just like, what in the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this is my Christmas suggestion of the week. Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. Uh, I give it three and a half. Um, it's on Shutter right now to stream, so definitely check that sucker out. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see they're giving the, uh, the the part three, four, and five the old Vestron collector's edition Blu-ray treatment uh, coming up. Yeah, I'm very excited for that because you know I love I love the original Silent Night Deadly Night. I'm not a fan of two at all, but three, four, and five. That, oh, those are you know. Those are so weird and so great. I just love them. So to see that they're finally getting that Vestron Collector's Edition uh, Blu-ray out, I am excited for that. That's going to be so cool. And I'm glad that they are on Shutter, that they are readily available now. Because I bought I bought them on DVD because I'd never seen them. It was probably five, six years ago. And uh, the rhythm guitarist in my old band, Modern Day Rippers, he was like, yeah, you would love Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, 5. And I was just like, uh, okay, sure. He's like, no, I know your taste in movies. You would love this movie. You know, it's got, uh, what's his name? Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney as a toy maker. And the toys come to life and blah, blah, blah. It's weird and campy. And of course I bought it. I love 4 and I love 5. Three's okay, but 4 and 5. Chef's kiss. Um, I liked three because it had the the brain dome for no reason. Yeah, it had Bill Mosley with a glass jar over his head, and you could just see his brain for no reason. So he's still Santa, or you know, Ricky dresses. Is he Ricky in that, or is he just another Santa killer? I think he's still Ricky, right? I'd have to I revisit can't... it to make sure, but I think so. 
Um, but yeah, actually, t- I was telling these guys right when I get done recording, I'm I'm firing up Silent Night, Deadly Night five for a watch because uh, I actually haven't seen I- any of the Silent Night, Deadly Nights besides one um, since VHS days. I used to have a massive VHS collection, and I haven't been able to, or I haven't had the DVDs or anything of the the other four aside from the first one to revisit. You know. So when I saw it pop up there and I remembered, I even pitched this as an episode just because I knew how weird it'd be to talk about. But when I saw it up there, I was like, God damn, I remember that being a really fucking weird movie. Got to check it out. Very cool. Very exciting. On to you, uh, Mr. Rips. Oh, back to me. Okay. it on back to you. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Pass me the ball. I got the mic. <laughs> Ready to go. Um, Yeah, the next one I'm going to go with is uh, during the um, mid-2000s was uh, that French extreme movement. uh, I think they referred to it as New French Extremity. Mm -hmm. And um, during that time period, uh, director Alexandra Bustillo came out with a film called Inside. Oh, man, that movie fucked me up. Right? Um, I barely remembered that it took place on Christmas. But once I did, I had to revisit it, and uh, it it is a lot more brutal than I remember it. It is an extreme, it is perfect for that time period, perfect for that movement, because it is an extreme movie, and I don't say that lightly, you know, because I'm not one to shy away from gore or violence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when it is uh, about a young woman who is pregnant gets into a bad car accident and on christmas eve and next thing you know uh there's a woman at her door stalking her running around and it's not just it's hard to look at violence man it's just like it's bloody and stabby and over the top brutality it's Um, just nasty Yes, it's in its presentation. It's it's just visceral and nasty. Like it doesn't glamorize it and it doesn't make it fun. It makes it like really wrenching to watch. Yes, Mm. it's hard to watch. Yes. And I think that uh, I I think I love that about it. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not one of those movies where you're going to invite your friends over and be like, oh my God, guys, you got to see this. It's so much. No, no. This is one you watch on your own, pretty much, or with the ones you love, I guess, close by your side. Um, there are there were points that I think were uh, kind of funny, you know, because uh, there are cops they're stopping by to check on her towards the end of the night, and they've got like an offender in the back seat, and the guy just brings him in with him after he hears gunshots. I'm like, no, I don't think that's how it would go at all. We um, need him for the body count. Yeah, yeah, and it was the body count was was brutal Every, everything about it i can't say like i i should have a thesaurus out right now so i can look up <laughs> other words to use instead of brutal over and over again but that's like the only term i think uh suitably fits uh the violence and gore because it's yeah like you said it's not like in movies like terrifier where it's so over the top that it's kind of laughable it is realistic and you know psychopaths out there are like this and you know the the not to totally ruin it but the the killer turns out to be the nurse from the hospital and 
you know, she lost her baby from the car accident and now she wants this girl's baby. And the, the rest of the movie is just the nurse from the hospital trying to cut this baby out of the woman's uh, womb. <laughs> yeah, she, she shows up with a large pair of scissors to collect uh, her, her now uh, uh, missing child. And multiple times you see those scissors like shoved into people's heads and eye sockets and yeah, everything. Oh my God. It's so brutal. I love, I, I love it, but I couldn't probably, I probably couldn't watch it. You know, there'd be another one where we're not watching it every year. <laughs> I'm just trying to look. What year did for, you say this was? Uh, it's 2007. Ah, okay. Yeah. I, so, I mean, it was right during that movement. Yeah. You know, yeah. We got uh, high tension and frontiers. And, yeah. I remember uh, this was the second one of those French extremity movies I saw like uh, High Tension was the first one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was like wow they're really doing something out there in France so I started like checking out and this this was the second one I watched and I to this day remember that viewing because I remember it just being such a visceral experience I've only seen I own it I've only seen it once yeah um, I, I am going to revisit it because it is a fucking phenomenal movie but it's one those things where it is so such a intense experience where it sticks with you for a very long time like it's it's nasty and mean and like there's nothing really redeeming about it besides it being well made and 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 entertaining in a very wrong way you know mm-hmm. right i think referring to it as mean or mean spirited is a good interpretation a good description of it and i like that it isn't it isn't a long movie either you know what i mean you're not going to be sitting through this brutality over and over it isn't too long and it gets its point across and it's hard to watch um just because it does stick with you it does stick with anybody who watches it and you know it deals with a woman psychopath and a, a female uh a female protagonist and a female antagonist in this film, I think it makes it very unique and you know, that your uh, protagonist is pregnant and it takes place on Christmas. There's so many very unique twists to this. Um, I got to give it four stars, you know, mm. for the I blood, agree. for the four. gore, the brutality, Definitely. the, just the way that it'll, you watch it and you just can't scrub it from your brain. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll totally borrow that from you, Chris. Uh, yeah, uh, when I see you tomorrow, just remind me, I'll give it to you. Sounds good. Uh, all right, uh, my next movie is the one that I thought I seen before. I didn't remember anything about it. This is Windchill <laughs> from 2007. I love this movie. I talked about it uh, on an episode already. I love this movie. Did you? Did, was it one of the uh, last years, probably? Yeah, yeah, it was one yeah. of the early ones. But yeah, go on, go on. It's a great yeah. movie. Um, yeah, basically, girl... And what I found interesting about this, actually, um, when I was looking up, like, who was in it and everything, uh, the main girl and the main guy, they never say their name in the movie. They don't have and names. I, and I didn't realize that. Girl, it's yeah. girl boy. Yep. Emily Blunt plays girl. And then the other character is boy. Because I was like, what were their names? But when I look, even if you look at IMDb, it just says girl and guy, you mm-hmm. know. But um, anyway, girl she's in college she needs a ride back to delaware because it's christmas and she wants to see her family for the holidays this is her first time she hasn't flown in a while and you know now she's looking for a ride 
Somebody suggests she goes to the student ride board and she finds somebody that gives her, you know, somebody from one of her classes that's like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to Delaware. So, you know, she gets in the car with go and goes with him. Um, right off the rip, you can tell that there's something kind of off about this guy and he might have some some other motives. So, like, instead of taking the, the highway, he pulls off to take a scenic route. Um, they get stuck in the snow. Well, uh, there's a huge winter storm coming in. They're stuck in a snowbank. And while in the car, there's, uh, like, seems like there's a bunch of hauntings and there's all these apparitions and stuff that are approaching the car. Um, yeah, I, I liked this movie, too. It was all right. I, I didn't remember it at all, and I know I've seen it. But, and what I thought was going, like, actually going on in this movie, it was not that. So I was kind of relieved by that. Like I was like, oh, I, without saying too much, but yeah. Um, the other, it was the other cool thing, uh, not to interrupt you. The other cool thing I really liked about it is um, they they start like kind of give feeding you this thing where maybe this guy isn't what he says he is. Yeah, you start getting a yeah. sense of dread before anything bad happens too. Uh huh. I uh-huh. thought that was really cool too. But go ahead. It go was on. that guy does give you like like right off the rip he starts giving you some like weird eebie-jeebies and you're like oh right. there's. This ain't going to turn out right, you know? I believe the comment is, um, why aren't you wearing your glasses? You look better in glasses. And that she's like, it. this is a ride chair. How do you know how the fuck I look like in glasses? Yeah, she's know? like, I've never wore them to class before. How have you ever seen me in glasses? And he's just like, oh, I just, you know, I yeah. just imagined it or some, some, some fucking creepy line like that. But yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, for 2007, the ghosts and shit weren't as as top of the line, but they did they did really good. Again, for another movie that takes place in one area, which this is just in that car and like the woods surrounding the car a bit. It it was pretty good. I didn't hate it. I'd probably give it about a three. Um, I, I yeah, liked it a little more than you did. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure what I what rating I gave it when I talked about it, but I, I think I did more of like a three and a half on that one. Yeah, they do Very really cool. good. I'll- what? I'm sorry. Go on. Oh no, I was just gonna say I don't think I've ever seen it, so I'll have to look it up. Is it? What is it streaming on? Uh, Tubi, Tubi, and Crackle. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, did Arrow put that out on Blu-ray too? I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I know there out. is a Blu-ray. I'm not sure if it's Arrow or Synapse. Okay. Oh. I have to look into it. Yeah, yeah. it definitely sounds interesting. Yeah. It, it definitely like feels it. more like an Arrow movie though. And I, and you know, I love, more... I love anything that takes place on Christmas, and you know, isn't a traditional Christmas film. Although I do love traditional Christmas films too, but you know, horror themed Christmas films. So, oh, yeah, I'll have to look it up. I mean, it goes into like the kids being stuck in the snow, so you get that sense of you know they're trapped, the claustrophobia. Well, at the same time, there's like some paranormal shit going on, and it also has you questioning like this boy's motives. So there's like three possible scenarios, you know, that keep you guessing throughout it, and it, it was pretty decent. I didn't hate it one bit. Very cool. All right. Um. So for mine, uh, next week we're going to be doing our uh, top ten movies of the year. Uh. So I I have been kind of keeping my ear to the ground and like movies people have really enjoyed that I may have missed, you know, like, oh, maybe mm-hmm. I'll make it a point to try to kind of make up or catch up before I do my year end list in case there is something I missed I would have really enjoyed. Now, and these are all movies that came out this year, right? Or just movies we watched? Yes, it's yeah. Our just favorite movies sure. this year. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, 
so this one's called Resurrection. Um, it stars uh, Tim Roth and uh, Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall, I really enjoyed her in The Night House. Mm. Um, yes. And this is um, directed by Andrew uh, Siemens. I watched this on Shudder. Um, the cover makes it look like it's just going to be kind of like a really run-of-the-mill thriller. And even like the setup is mildly like that. Um, in fact, it doesn't really turn into a full horror movie until the final act or like the, the last half of this movie. This is a very slow burn. Um, it's it's wound tight as a drum. I mean, it's one of those things where like the tension is just oozing out of this thing and the, the music really uh, gives it a, a good um, sting in that, too. And uh, the cinematography, like they definitely made it a point to have like beautiful shots and landscapes and stuff in this thing. But the setup is you have a single mom. Um, she's a businesswoman. I don't think it ever really goes into like she's an office woman. I'm not really sure it ever really goes into what her job is. But she uh, she goes to a um, conference and she looks over and she sees a man and it's Tim Roth. And the second she sees it, she loses her shit like like just like fucking panic attack, freaks out and storms the fuck out. So everyone's like, what the fuck? what's wrong with this? And then he starts like popping up all the time. Hmm. Um, you come to find out, and this isn't like really ruining anything. Cause it kind of gives you this in the trailer and I'm not going to tell you where it goes. Um, you come to find out that at one point uh, he was a much older man that had a relationship with her and he would ask her for these things called kindnesses. And if she did kindnesses for him, he would reward her and the kindnesses started out very small, like take my boots off, do the dishes, stuff like that. And then it started beginning to be more fucked up and violent, like, you know, like, like stand in this pose for 10 hours and don't move. And if you don't do it, you burn yourself a cigarette butt, stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of how to talk about this without fucking up where it goes. Mm hmm. So you get the idea that they had a child together and something happened to that child. And there is a four and a half minute no cut monologue that the, that Rebecca Hall delivers into the camera. Like that is just fucking phenomenal. Some of the best acting I've seen this year. And she describes what happened with this man, what happened with their baby and why she's flipping out that now he's like around. And <clears throat> so she finally walks up and confronts him. And I'm just going to give you this one tidbit as a hook to get you into this movie because it's not really ruining too much. He looks at her. He's like, no, the baby's still around. It's right here in my belly. Can't you hear him? And from then it just spirals into like crazy darkness. Like this movie is real fucked up. It's one of those ones that it's, uh, I I'll probably never watch again because uh, it's, it's a one watcher, you know, like it, it won't have the same punch knowing where it goes the second time around, unless I was like doing it to pick up on maybe some nuances or something I missed. Um, this movie, this movie kind of fucked my night up when I watched it. I was actually house sitting for Kelly. Uh, her and her boyfriend went to just do stayed something. at a hotel. Like they, they went, they went, they had, they had themselves a fun night and I went and brought my dog over, watch the dogs, watch the movies. And this was like one of the second movies I watched. Like I was just like, "Ooh!" I even messaged these guys. I was like, "That one was a heavy watch, man." Mm -hmm. Um, 
the acting in this thing is phenomenal. Like, utterly phenomenal. Rebecca Hall, like, this is the second movie I can think of right off the cuff. I've seen her in the other one being The Night House, where she just is dropping these awesome horror performances. Um, I highly recommend watching it. It's not going to make my best of the year list. Uh, it, it'll probably be in, like, you know, my, my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. But don't let the cover of this thing or the, the generic name uh, fool you. This is definitely... It's two hours. It's a slow burn, but it's definitely worth the time because when that when that slow burn finally catches fire, you're you're sitting at, staring at the fucking screen with your jaw on the floor, like holy fucking shit. So I'd give this thing four, four and a half, even Resurrection. It's on Shutter. Um, definitely go check it. I think it's also on Tubi too. Go yeah, check I've it seen out. it. Might be Prime or something because it's on my watch list. I've passed that thing up a couple times. When you sent me the cover, I was like, "Oh, the cover sucks." Yeah. Like it, I don't know, I, I kind of like it, it. Well, I mean, it's 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 not a bad design, but it is yeah. for a horror movie. It looks like something yeah. that would be like like like, like a book. We, cover. we were talking with like a like a yuppie terror movie, like like Pacific Heights or like Cape Fear or something like that, to where it's like more suburban terror than like a like a full-on horror movie but when it goes horror like there's no doubt about it this is a full-on fucking horror movie oh yeah so yeah resurrection definitely check it out definitely worth watching once but with that being said this like inside was also nasty and mean and unapologetic and it made me feel real gross after i got done watching it but it was fucking awesome Uh, that sounds amazing yeah it sounds amazing yeah i've got to check that out very very cool uh i think it's my turn again are we back around me definitely you well all right well i'm gonna talk about a movie that's not necessarily 100 horror but i loved it so much and it is a christmas themed movie so i saw violent night in the theater and um i i never go to movies on opening night never and this was one that uh me and my husband went to, and we both loved it. It's just so much fun. Um, so Santa is getting a little disillusioned. He's a drinker, and he's just sort of like going through the motions. He's sick of being Santa. He's sick of Christmas. I mean, the movie starts with him in a bar, like just having a little, having a few cocktails, and. Um, I forget. He says something that makes like the bartender and the people in there think, Oh, is this the real Santa? You know, he's walking up to the roof to meet up with his reindeer and he fly, you know, before he flies away, the bartender chases him up and they're talking and he pukes on her. That's how the movie starts is (laughs) Santa Claus puking on this poor bartender. And she's not even mad about it. She's like, Okay, Santa Claus freaking <laughs> puked on me, and she's sort of happy about it. She's just like happy she met Santa Claus, but she he flies away, and then you know, next thing it cuts to this like uh, absurdly rich family and the, how they're getting together to celebrate Christmas, but at the same time, they're all <laughs> like backstabbing each other to try and get to mom's fortune. And uh, but the little girl is like she still believes in santa claus and she still want she there's still christmas magic about her mm-hmm. well uh since they're an absurdly rich family there's also this turns into a heist movie and this like 
organization of thieves infiltrates their family gathering and next thing you know the house is in lockdown and people are getting shot and everybody's uh now going to be hostages and the the head of the mob is played by John Leguizamo and he based awesome. his character <laughs> off of Jean-Claude Van Damme but not like Jean Van Cl- Jean, Jean you know what I'm saying Van Clam <laughs> Van Clam I, I, not in, a, not in his John time. Dong Van Clam. Yes, that guy. Thank you. Um, but not in his prime. John Dong Van Clam but like movie. as he is now, and just kind of like with that paper thin uh, mustache and goatee and kind of loud mouth. But anyways, he does a great job in his role. And uh, once the once the whole family is hostages, the little girl has like a little walkie-talkie, and she starts talking on it, trying to get somebody to get to come help them and she gets a hold of santa claus and he just happens to be you know around and um next thing we learn is that santa claus is an old school viking and he knows how to fight and he I likes to fight and you know it restores his faith in christmas is that he's gonna chop up some bad guys and it's across the board it's a comedy it's drama it's fantasy and the level of brutality and gore that there is in the fight scenes, I it, it is definitely horror adjacent um, because there is a scene with a snowblower that is almost close to the lawnmower scene in Dead Alive that I was just like, as soon as the camera panned across the snowblower, I was like, oh shit, I know no, what's shit. coming next. This is going to be good. So yeah, I mean, it's got a little something for everybody. Um, but it's, it's, uh, definitely a great genre film and, um, David Harbour from stranger things. Uh, he plays a fantastic Santa Claus, uh, Santa Claus, the Viking, like freaking destroyer of worlds, you know, and he just loves to fight and it's great to see, but it's funny because he doesn't, uh, he doesn't understand how Christmas magic works. He's just like, yeah, I got some flying rain here. I don't, I don't know how they fly or what, <laughs> how I touch the side of my nose and I can fly up a chimney. I don't understand it, but it, it happens. It's amazing. It's funny, gory, just brilliant. You want to know how I know Santa's a badass? What's that? He's got a street name. His name's Chris Kringle. But everyone knows him as Santa Claus. He's got a street <laughs> name, kid. An he's alien. A lot of, he's got a a lot of names. Yeah. You know, that many aliases you know that means you're putting work in in these streets (laughs) absolutely (laughs) absolutely and an interesting fact um the director i found out the director besides making this made dead snow one and two Mm -hmm. i didn't know that oh yeah (laughs) and i'm just like Holy shit! No wonder this movie is so. That's the Nazi good. one, isn't it? Dead What's that? Yeah, na- Nazi yeah, that's zombies. the Nazi one. Okay, yeah. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and I love those movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are fun. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I I gave this a five just because it's so fun, and I I love the with the soundtrack they didn't uh, go with anything like they could have put in some like heavy metal. They could have put in some gangster rap or something to give it a harder edge. But instead, they opted for traditional orchestral uh, scores and like traditional Christmas music. And I thought that kept it like whimsical. Like I was saying on the last week's to make a good holiday movie, it doesn't matter 
what genre it is to, but to make it a good holiday movie you gotta have whimsy and you gotta have magic and violent night has that magic of like you gotta believe in santa claus and there yeah there's a scene pretty similar to what i just said you gotta believe in santa claus and it, it's just a great film i gave it a five just because i love christmas i'm i'm a christmas fanatic and to have a violent gory action-packed thriller comedy with lots of gore you know it was right up my alley so yeah five stars if you haven't seen it yet go see it hell yeah i'm definitely gonna go check it out this week i want to catch that one in theaters because like you guys know i'm a big fan for like just action movies too like give me a popcorn action flick let me turn my brain off like we were you, you and I, Jeremy, were gushing about bullet train in a conversation, like just how much fun that was. So, I, I really want to catch this in the theaters because this seems like it would just be a fun, fun watch in that environment as opposed to on a, on a little screen. You know, I'll go with uh, you. Did, we can go. Let's did go. you ever see that? Um, I think it's on Shutter, or it used to be on Shutter. Uh, I think it's called like Dial S for Santa Claus or Dial Santa Claus. It's like a German film, I think. No. Uh, Oh, it's no. very similar to that. <laughs> it doesn't help. But uh, yeah, it's strongly influenced by Die Hard. It's strongly influenced by Home Alone. And it even mentions both movies. So it wears its influences on its sleeve. Um, but yeah, it's a new a new Christmas classic. I would definitely do a double feature with that and uh, Fat Man with Mel Gibson. I was going to ask you how it stacked up against Fat Man. They're very, very similar. I like Fat Man. Fat Man was, was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Fat And the Man. fact that it was Mel Gibson makes it Yeah, I know. Funny. Mel Gibson yeah. as an assassin Santa Claus. <laughs> that they play it completely straight is what makes it so brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I love it when you have a ridiculous concept and you just play it straight-faced as shit. Like, that's okay. why, I, like, like the Weird Al movie. I keep bringing it up, but <laughs> it was the most ridiculous fucking movie, and they played it so goddamn straight-faced. And it was like... <laughs> It was a funny one. Absolutely. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic movie was one of my favorites here, but will not be on my top 10 list because it was not horror. <laughs> oh, so we can only do horror. <laughs> like our top. This is going to next week is going to be our top 10 horror specific horror, horror films. Okay. Right. Okay. We gotcha. make the rules as we go here. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the cuff. No. It's coming off. It. Back to All that right. cuff. Well, my next movie. Um. My next movie came out in 2018. This one's on Tubi. Uh, Knuckleball. This one wasn't uh, probably my least favorite of the three that I watched this week. Uh, it stars Michael Ironside, side, though. <laughs> he plays the grandpa. Um, I love me some Michael Ironside. Not for the same yeah. reason that Germ does, but I love me some Michael Ironside. <laughs> yeah, he plays a grandpa in this. So, um, this follows a 12-year-old boy. He's sent to stay with his estranged grandpa that he hasn't seen in some years. Like, right away, you find out that his mom has had some bad memories there and has kept away for a long time. Well, they her the boy's parents have a funeral they need to go to, so the kid's got to stay somewhere. This doesn't take place on Christmas or anything, but this is another cold one. Doesn't take place in the winter. So, whatever. <laughs> He goes and stays on this farm with his with his grandpa. He's got this really weird neighbor named Dixon that's just like kind of creeps you out. He notices like his like the boy 
when he when he finds out the boy's there, he instantly wants to go take him and show him things around the ground grounds. And the grandpa's like, you can tell like that he's trying to keep them away. Um, I don't know. This one's all right. It's more of a psychological thriller. I feel like the buildup went didn't really. I don't know. It didn't really go anywhere. It was kind of anticlimactic, kind of slow. Um, it was all right. A decent storyline. I wouldn't exactly call it horror that much. It was definitely more of a thriller, but it is listed as horror on there. But, um, grandpa's like pitching, starts pitching baseball with the kid and, you know, the different types of pitches, the knuckleball definitely kind of comes into play somewhere in the story. Well, it's the titular line. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was okay. It was, it was slow, kind of, um, didn't keep my interest as much as I, I like. And I don't know, but it was all right. I didn't hate it. I'd probably give it about a two, two and a half. What year did you say it came out? 2018. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was predictable, but it wasn't a terrible, like, family story, family dynamic at all. There was some definitely some shady shit going on his grandpa's farm, you know, obviously. But it was okay. Uh, and is this uh, streaming anywhere? Tubi. I seen it on Tubi. Yep. That should be a shirt. That should be a shirt. That just says, "I seen it on Tubi." Yeah, <laughs> I see it. <laughs> maybe, it maybe it could say, maybe it could say "Real Vile" across the top, and then have a you know some sort of messed up monsters and killers in the middle. I like it. And then across the bottom, just be like, "I seen it on Tubi." We Coming did do soon. an episode called "Tubi or Not Tubi." Yeah. Where we did nothing but movies we found on Tubi. Uh, because uh we love Tubi here. Yeah. Um it's like one of the best streaming services and it doesn't cost a dime. And speaking of shirts, Chris is wearing uh one of our shirts. I'm surprised I didn't wear mine. As well as our hat, which you can find in our, our store in the link. He's styling and profiling. <laughs> you can you can be just oh, like Chris. Oh, that that hat is cozy that as hell, too. I'm gonna have to get me one. Yeah, she tried taking it from me. She came she came to give it to me wearing it. So <laughs> wait, she was wearing the shirt and then she gave it to you. She gave the you hat. No, the hat. Back. I know no. I'm kidding. <laughs> LOL JK JK winking smiley face, winking smiley face. That's a little Gen Z language for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, knuckleball, I don't know. Take it or it was okay. It's worth a watch, but nothing I'd write home about. Not a Christmas movie. I might check it out just for Michael Ironside. Yeah. 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 All right. For my last one, um, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, um, Jeremy here was nice enough to send me a copy of Bliss, which is uh, now the, or was at the time, the only Joe Bagos movie I have not seen. And now I can confirm that in my eyes, Joe Bagos has not made a single bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this being one of his better ones. Um I loved every minute of this scene. Kelly's been trying to get me to watch this for a very long time. And I've, I've talked been about to. this. I've talked about this on From the Mouth of Madness too. Yeah, I've I'm been aware. trying to I've been trying to get you to watch this for like two years. Thank you. Thank you, Germ. <laughs> no problemo. Uh one of the things I noticed watching this and um Bloody or uh Christmas Bloody Christmas, which we'll talk about shortly. Um the way this man uses lighting, he gets a lot out of making his sets look good mm-hmm. by using great and crazy lighting. Like uh, he's almost does 
like his own form of like giallo lighting, you know, where it's it's intense and it's like bright reds and blues and greens and you know like magentas uh, for sure. I I think I think uh, like a lot of what makes his movies not feel as cheap as they are because this, this guy makes movies for nothing. Like, really, for nothing. And they all turn out great. But uh, one of the things uh, I think that makes them look as good as, he, as they do is that he takes that time to put these this great lighting in. And one of the other things I've noticed, uh, especially in this and Christmas, Bloody Christmas, is he gets really good acting, like good performances mm-hmm. out of his mm-hmm. actors. Shockingly good for how low budget they are. Um, I had a blast with this movie. Um you know, I, I watched it the other night and I plan on watching it again probably this week if I if I have time because I, I do want to catch up on some of the, the movies I did miss this year for our, our top 10 list, see if there's anything I, I mulled over I shouldn't have. Uh, but, you know, Kelly had already talked about this, so I'm not really going to go too far into what it's about. You know, it's the modern day vampire story. It's got its own twist that, that revolves heavily around art and addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, this one kind of goes a little into body horror as well. Um, it's extremely gory. Uh, it's it's you know in the the pantheon of Bagos movies, and he doesn't have a lot. Um, but what I like about Bagos is he. It seems like he picks like a specific corner of the genre, and then just and just nails it. Like with Mind's Eye, it was like I want to do my own Scanners type movie. With Almost Human, it's like I want to do an alien movie like The Thing. You know, VFW was, you know, your your seed yeah. survival horror and Christmas Bloody Christmas, Terminator Christmas movie. With this, <laughs> you know, it was like, I want my own spin on vampires and I want it to be, you know, uh, uh, allegory for art and all this other stuff. Uh, I loved it. I couldn't recommend it enough. This is, mm-hmm. um, it's not my favorite Bad Ghost movie. Um, uh, Mind's Eye will always take that for me because I am a huge Scanner's Mark. And not enough people make exploding head movies and stuff like that. And that was actually my introduction to this man was um, Kelly and I used to have a hustle. Well, it was started as my hustle. I went, I, 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 I taught her the ways of the uh, the hustle. But back when family videos were still oh, yeah. around, when they sold movies, they would just stick a sticker on the box. <laughs> and I would just peel a sticker off of one box and find a movie I wanted and slap it on that box. <laughs> So I was getting whatever the fuck movies I wanted. For a while there, there wasn't anything good that came out that I didn't own because of this shit. So um, this Mind's Eye was one of those movies I got that way. And I never really knew what I was going into. I thought I had a cool cover. It was another horror movie. I got it for $1.99, watched it. And then that led me on to checking out Almost Human, which I loved as well. And then, you know, on to VFW, Bliss, all that. Um Love this movie. Probably one of my favorites. It's not my favorite. Mind's Eye is going to keep that that um, that mantle, but definitely check out Bliss. I give this one four, four and a half. Real cool. Good stuff. Joel Bagos is definitely someone to watch. Um, he doesn't make boring movies. I'll give him that. I'll just say that. Like, If you like genre and you like horror, he doesn't make boring movies. Everything has a good reason to watch it and check it out. So definitely with that tagging out. Yeah, I'd give this one a five. 
Like this might be in my top. It definitely is in my top favorite vampire movies I've ever seen. I, I and with the art element and the lighting, with that kind of gives it that like hallucinogenic effect. I fucking love it. The camera angles, the spinning, like mm-hmm. especially like the sense of like motion sickness in that movie. I love it. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, the combination of high art meets lowbrow exploitation was yeah. uh, phenomenal. And uh, the things that Joe Bagos does uh, uh, with the budget he has is also amazing. You know, he's always, a, uh, you know, ha- incorporated a great team of everybody in front of the camera and everybody in back of the camera, too. Because uh, longtime collaborator uh, Josh, uh, yeah, Josh Ether. He usually always has a cameo in his movies, but he's also a producer on all of his films and part of the Channel 83 team, uh, that which is their production company. Uh, you might have noticed him. He's the he's usually the really tall, shaved head guy with a big bushy beard. Um, but and then also there's usually always good cameos. You know, George Went is in Bliss, if I remember correctly. George Went is in VFW, and uh, you know. Just the things he does is so subversive and so smart. And uh, yeah, like I was saying, it's, you know, highbrow art meets lowbrow exploitation. And just Mm -hmm. the combination of the two things make it so uh, endearing. And it's hard not to love the work he does. Uh, He puts so much effort into it. And not Uh, only that, um, um, not to cut you off, I'm sorry. Um, one of the things I noticed about him is when he does do something, it doesn't feel like he's ripping it off as much as he's paying a loving tribute to it. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, he does that and, and you to be along for the ride, you know, it's not boring ever. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, this was actually the movie that introduced me to his work was bliss. I was Same. at the Cinepocalypse film festival once again, and uh, I was friends with uh, producer Heather Buckley, and she introduced me to him and Josh Ether, and uh, nice guys, very personable, very approachable. Um, uh, he he looks like a nut job. He looks like kind of looks like a homeless Charles Manson type guy, but uh, you know, as a filmmaker, he's a genius. You know, and I think he's one of the brightest. Uh, filmmakers going in genre film right now mm-hmm. so i definitely give it about a four and a half as well oh yeah well let's talk about his christmas movie now <laughs> do you got you got another one germ or are we uh we into spoiler town we're into spoiler town baby yeah. that was it I, violent night was my last one Absolutely. i also watched um uh, what did I, oh i watched the stir of echoes and stigmata this week because you know how movies just play on tubi yeah <laughs> yeah i just didn't change them but i haven't seen either of those in so long and an honorable mention this week they're is both stir, good. Is stir of echoes the kevin bacon ghost yeah one? okay that's what i thought yeah, yeah, yeah. With the girl the, yeah they're both good i'd give i'd give them both threes honestly at least three and a half I actually have been having like a strong hankering to like go and revisit all those like really weird movies towards the end of when they stop giving like uh, uh, horror movies, big budgets like that Schwarzenegger movie, end of days. And like you said, stigmata and like, you know, all those like really 
Constantine, things like that. You know, like I, for some reason, I've just had like a draw to like re recheck out. Those. I watched uh, Valentine the other day. I watched that last. It last was time. good. It was good. That's what I said when I uh, reviewed it on the podcast last February. I was like, that was better than it fucking. I remembered it. You know. <laughs> I remembered it being a cheap like ripoff of I know what you did last summer, but it, yeah. it had so much more going for it. It was actually like a really well made, cool movie. Yeah. But all right, but... well, we're gonna talk about um back to Joe Bagos, uh Christmas Bloody Christmas is brand new one that is a shutter exclusive that dropped uh as of this record, uh what, like uh four like four days ago, four or five days ago. And now for our feature presentation. All right. Yeah, it's an incredible film, and uh, you know, it's perfect. It's perfect to be coming out uh, right in time for Christmas, and to be uh, streaming. You know what I mean? Because unlike Violent Night, okay. Violent Night, you gotta go to the theater to see it, and you know, some people don't have the time or energy to make it mm -hmm. to the theater. Um, but uh, being, you know, we're all fans of Joe Bagos' work. Uh, to one, know that he was the filmmaker behind this, and then two. Uh, to be making such a subversive take on a Christmas film yeah. and going to be streaming on Shutter was a great present. It was a great Christmas gift from the the team at Channel 83 Films, from Shutter, from yeah. AMC Plus to genre film fans uh, to get a film as dirty as as filthy as christmas bloody christmas is because it's got everything energetic. you love from yeah. bliss the lighting the mm -hmm. violence the gore and then just throws it in a blender uh and it's not straight horror you know because it, the killer santa is a robot it, it was developed for the military and then the military decided not to use these robots and then they started using them as at, in toy stores <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's like okay. Santa kiosks. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. logic. You don't need logic. You just need to make this movie. And they and, really uh, didn't talk about that much at all. Because I, I like, I pretty much missed that whole point there. Because I was like, why are they Santa's talking? You know, in but the I, beginning, like yeah. uh, in the beginning, right when it starts, or they go through a couple one. like fake commercials, and then it like cuts to like a news thing that gives like you like a quick exposition dump on it. Ah, shit. Yeah. See, I was like half paying I was like getting settled in and still kind of talking. And like, I missed that part. I was like, you know what? I don't need an explanation. That's fine. Santa, like, fucking it was, Santa's it was only there to make it make a little, like, <laughs> this was definitely a, a throwback to late 80s, early 90s movies. The ones I picked out the most Silent Night, Deadly Night, The Terminator, and Hardware. Yes. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. the, the final battle reeked of hardware and yes. i love richard stanley's <laughs> hardware i fucking love that movie i think it's so underrated love 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 me some hardware and like the the final battle in this thing was so hardware and i loved every bit of that now i had a question me and ethan watched this he's like why is he trying to kill that girl and i was like because she's the only survivor and he can't let anybody get away like, do you know why? Well, she wasn't like a specific target. So I really do think, I think he was just trying why, to. Why did it. he kill anybody? Well, I know, but it seemed like he was specifically chasing <laughs> oh. after this main girl. Yeah. 
And that's what he said. And I was like, no, I think that he's just like. She was a target and he was following her along, which led to other victims along the way. And he just didn't give up on her. Um, I really enjoyed her in this movie. Um, Not only was she a great actress, but damn, was she not into like everything I'm into as a person. She had a cephalic carnage patch on her shoulder. Uh She was rock like even in her music store, like 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 half the vinyls I have up here, like in display cases, like all this like weird like black and death metal shit I listen to and all that. And then like the the whole line of uh, if you want to watch a Christmas uh, Christmas story or a a Christmas movie by Bob Clark. We're not watching a Christmas story. We're watching Black Christmas because yeah. horror movies know, fans know that everyone knows. Like you know, Bob Clark made a Christmas story. Well, before that, mm-hmm. he made Black Christmas. So he also made a Christmas horror movie. Yeah, you know. So uh, definitely liked her a bunch. Uh, did now Ripper is a a gentleman that that uh, uh, fancies other gentlemen. Did you notice a um, a uh, a ma- a theme amongst all the men in this movie? <laughs> I did not really. I didn't. Handlebar know. mustaches and mullets. Every single one had them. Oh, yeah, well, every single character, aside from the bartender and the boyfriend of the toy store, handlebar mustache mullet. Well, they were, yeah, because that was the scene that they were, you know, kind of focusing on. <laughs> well, it was the cops, but it was also the love interest from the the record store, and you know, like mustaches I just thought it was mullets. Yeah, mustaches and mullets. Not just mustaches, handlebars, big old boom brooms. The the only male appearance I noticed was, you know, the producer Josh Ether playing the bartender and his large stature and shaved head and large beard was the only thing that drew my attention specifically to any of the male characters. He was looking damn fine in this movie. I noticed that like like the two cops looked almost identical. Aside from the yeah. one cop that gets killed at first, like the, the two that are at the police station when they do the, the Terminator montage yeah. or like uh, homage, uh, like literally looked exactly the same. Yeah, it was almost kind of hard to tell them apart at times. It was like, okay, how do you how do you even find two? I, I know that they had to have done that on purpose because, you know, things Joe does in his films are purposeful. Uh well, I think it was like a vicious fun. Remember the cop scene in there where like the serial killer had to go pretend to be a cop and all the cops all had yeah. mustaches. So when he showed up, he had a fake mustache on. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like I think it was like one of those things where like this is what a stereotypical cop looks like in my world, you know? You could definitely <laughs> yeah, I think tell- specifically you have to say in Joe's world because I don't know in any other world it's going to be handlebar mustaches and mullets. But <laughs> Well, not only that, like, like, not and not only in this movie, but like Bliss and Mind's Eye and all that. Well, like nothing of it, of it seems like fully familiar. Like it does have like an, a mildly other world kind of thing. Like uh, like yeah. this one especially was all like hella hella snow, hella crit. Like they went balls to the wall on decorations, but there was no one in this town. No, was I was wondering that too. Every fucking where. Yeah, yeah. Like and well, the shit- other cool thing. Oh, go ahead. Well, shit's being blown up in like the toy store and the record store. I was like, does nobody walk by or, you know, because they showed like nobody in the town, like even in the houses and stuff. Well, it was Christmas Eve, so they're probably sleeping. But but what I'm saying is like, even when shit's hitting the fan and people should be waking up like, hmm. Yeah. hmm." Yeah. It has this, this Joe Bagos has a, a way of making his world feel 
like his world, not like included. not like it's happening in your hometown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then when we talked about the lighting, I really appreciate the light in this because he went and did it in Christmas colors. Mm -hmm. So it looks like ornaments were uh, supplying all this crazy light. So it was like reds and greens and yellows and blues, mm -hmm. you know, like it was it was definitely this one was super heavily lighted and, and it, they must have went ballistic with the snow machines in this thing. It was definitely like you could tell as soon as that thing started that it was Joe Bagos because it like that signature lighting like you just know like the toy store didn't need to be lit kind of gives it this like cyberpunk sort of feel you know which the toy store didn't need that as much I was like man what fucking kind of toy store is this although it was at night so you're right it, it was coming from like the Christmas tree and the the lights outside the window. But it's the decorations, so yeah, yeah, it's and so intense. Almost I think like that a was a way he made it like just ooze Christmas, you know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like, like when I talked about Silent Night, Deadly Night Four earlier, I was like, oh, you know, Christmas is the backdrop. You might, you might see a tree or something back away. No, like this was. You could watch three frames of any of parts of this movie and be like, "That's a Christmas movie," you know. Mm -hmm. The yeah. only thing that I wasn't a fan of of uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas was the dialogue for me if you keep repeating profanity or if you keep repeating like um racial slurs or like any sort of derogatory terms it becomes redundant and loses its power and uh you know if you're gonna say fuck it should be a nice punctuation it should punch up a scene mm -hmm. but when the character is using it for every other word like it got boring for me for me when they are talking to each other and I don't care if people are like, well, that's how people actually talk. I don't care. This is a movie. You've created a world and now you're creating yeah. characters. They're supposed to be like, well, that's how people really talk. I'm like, no. Okay. Just they don't have to say fuck every other word. So for me, that took me out of the movie a couple times because I knew that they were having like genuine conversations about movies and music like they do in Tarantino films. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. the overuse of fuck just it kind of killed it for me. What brought me back in every time, though, was the action, was the horror, was the fight scenes. Those fight scenes were amazing. Yeah. And, and like you're like you saying, Chris, yeah, uh, that, that finale is that is probably one of my favorite finales mm -hmm. in any recent film. Uh, it's just so intense and beautiful and um, definitely beautiful. You know, it was beautiful. It was beautiful in the way like the remake of the night or evil dead finale was like that same said, you know, cause it was yeah. like epic and big like that. You know what I'm saying? It was great. Um, one of the things I really also enjoyed about it um, was like, the attention to little details, like he did little things that he didn't have to spend a lot of money on that had like a big impact. Like even like having like the green light coming out of the Santa's chin after it got damaged a little bit mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like the red off the side and it kind of like as he started getting kind of knocked apart, like it was just like little things that just added so much to it. Um, and like the uh, the as he walked, they did like the heavy stomp, the boom, boom. And uh -huh. like anytime he moved, it was like a whirl. Like, yeah, you know, you like could, they were really like like pounded in that this is a robot, you know. You could hear the mechanics in it, just him just kind of walking around from the first scene that he moves. And I was like, I even commented on that to Ethan. I was like, like, I love how you can just tell that boom. You know, like it was cool. 
like it. Yeah, he did a good job of like making it feel like even in his movements, you know, like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. very mechanical. Although the face was very still very human. Uh, I thought it still came off as like a fake face that was meant to look human. Hmm. Well, I, I actually popped when I looked it up and I saw who was playing uh, the robot Santa Claus was an actor, uh, Abraham Ruby, And you might know him from a sitcom from the 90s, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. He was a big goofy kid. Hmm. And, really? Uh, Yes. So to really? see him, okay. Yeah, to see him in this movie playing the killer robot Santa Claus, that definitely made me pop because I was just like, "Oh, is that freaking guy I had a crush on when I was a teenager?" <laughs> and then of course, you know, I've got a I've got a Santa Claus fetish, so just knowing that's him underneath the robot um makeup is kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I still felt it did like they did give his skin like like a little bit of a plastic look, you know, like you said no, it looked realistic. The... I think it looked like something that was plastic trying to look realistic, if that makes sense. Yeah, and he did a great job of coming across as mechanical. Oh yeah, and the lights and the wires and stuff, and I yeah I thoroughly I enjoyed love those wires, the glowing wires, the wires that yeah. So when they showed like the back and like the rib cage area. Totally gave it that um, 80s VHS, you know, straight to video feel. Almost Tron, (laughs) you know. I don't know about that. Just with the wires. Just yeah. All right, I might be reaching there. That's okay. You're reaching. It was definitely last time you saw Tron. Yeah, too long, too long. But definitely, definitely uh, wore its influences on its sleeve of being very hardware and very Terminator influenced. Yes. Yeah, you could tell that there was definite scenes where it's like, I really loved this scene in Terminator and I want to do it my own way or hardware. Like 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 the 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 police shootout scene, you know, like they didn't have the all the people, like the budget to do it like they did in Terminator, but he did his own version of it and he made it more of a cat and mouse thing than a big shootout, you know. And then mm-hmm. uh uh the the end scene, you know, not only did they do the hardware thing, but then they did like a little tribute where she knocked the uh the record case over on him and he's crawling and that's kind of like when the terminator was crawling out of the vice at the end of uh terminator and like had its legs broke off you know and like it's all ripped apart and i i thought it was really cool the uh the glowing eye effect too that even when they weren't showing the the santa you could tell it was still looking at her because you could see the eye lasers like staring at her knowing that it was coming at her you know yeah like the impending doom of those laser eyes were great. Yeah, the, you know, overall, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. You know, just like I said, the dialogue kind of bummed me out just because it seemed like it was, uh, it just felt like it was lazy writing for me. But besides that, it was, it was uh, the action was exciting. The gore was exciting. The brutality I loved. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I would probably just fast forward past the dialogue if I were to watch it again. Yeah. yeah. The, um, after seeing it the first time, the setup takes a little while. Um, so yeah, it's probably worth skipping the next time just cause you know, it's just two sexually frustrated people like, like aggressively flirting with each other, getting drunk for like 20 minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. 
basically uh, having a lot of conversation about music and movies and what they would listen to over that one. And, you know, but yeah. And the references, they do reference her. There's some good ones there. A lot of what she's saying, like um, Pet Cemetery 2 versus Pet Cemetery 1. I think I agree with her statement. I disagree. There. Yeah. We'll I love Pet Cemetery too, but Pet Cemetery One is a genuinely creepy movie. Yeah, you can't tell me that to this day and age that Zelda scene doesn't. Still uh, that's exactly what I just thought, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you guys give it? I gave it a four. It was a fun Christmas movie, like front to back, keeps you engaged. I laughed at times. Um, a lot of action, you know. I, I liked it. You didn't need too much storyline. You didn't need too much explanation. It is what it was, and it was it, it's it was a fun fucking Christmas movie. I enjoyed it. Three yeah, and I'm pretty much on the, yeah. pretty much on the same page. I'd give it three and a half. I know it would have been a four definitely, but you know, like I said, I got bogged down with the, some of the dialogue. Um, mm. but I love the action, and I love the the killing, and I love the original idea of the killer Santa Claus being a robot and not just a slasher, you know, because we've yeah. seen a million movies yeah. where it's a killer slasher, you know, it's like, okay, something different. And I definitely applaud that. And I applaud, you know, his dedication for the specific, the, the specificity of when you see a Joe Bagos movie, at least like the past three have that a similar aesthetic where, you know, immediately you're watching one of his films. And I love that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to- three and a half. Yeah, I'll give it a three and a half as well. Um, it's not my favorite Bagos movie. I, I say this is honestly, and this is this this almost sounds like it's a slam on it, which it's not. It's just it's in such a strong field. It's probably one of the lower ranking ones in my enjoyment, but it's still a fucking fantastic movie. That's just me saying that about a guy who makes great movies in my eyes. Like I like all his movies. Um, I still think I would probably go to to Mind's Eye or Bliss or VFW first. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite kill. Uh, favorite I'm sorry. Be when the <laughs> girl's okay. watching the dude she's banging in front of the car, and he kind of just. Oh no, that was a cop that he axed in half. Whoever got split in half in front of the car. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was gonna go with the uh, neighbor mom taking the claw end of the axe straight to the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was, you know, it, it may have been quick, but it was a good one. It was a good one. I'll go with the uh, the guy repairing the car, getting the axe through the middle of his face into the grill of the car. No, oh, yes. I, uh, I enjoyed that one because it was like a real close up. Uh, I like the the practical effect where they do that, like head splatter shit. Uh, yeah, like that one a lot. That was a good one. There was a face stomping one too, like a head. Yeah. Was that the mom or the, it was one of the neighbors. It was in the beginning. Cause I was like, they're just banging while he's down there stomping in faces. Like I said that. <laughs> yeah. No, favorite thing about a lot the of great kills, but yeah, those, those were definitely the top, the top kills of the movie. Least favorite thing about the movie. Hmm. Dialogue for Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, I already I already went over dialogue. my least favorite, so I'll just skip over me. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't know. Let me ponder on that. Fair enough. Uh yeah. I would say 
it felt like it meandered a little bit in places. It felt like it could have been tightened up just a little bit in editing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe you're right. Then maybe the, it's just uh, some... the setup took a little too long. Like uh, there was a little too much following the girl and the guy. And I know that's to get you to care about these characters. And they, they both did great performances and all that. But it, I mean, you, we got the point. Three, why aren't we banging jokes into it? You know, and mm-hmm. by the time it was on the eighth one, it's like, all right, get over it, dude. Like, she's gonna yeah. fuck you, obviously, tonight. Just go with it, you know. I might agree with you on that about how it took a little long for the setup. That might be what I'll go with, but I don't really, there was nothing that really stuck out to me as like, I, I don't like this about this movie, you know. It was mostly enjoyable for me, so yeah. Well, yeah, all in all, I think we all liked it. And uh, this yeah. actually was our 40th episode. Well, Kelly and I, it's uh, sixth for you, Jerm, but 40 episodes. Hey. Yeah. Yay. High five. Blah, 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 blah. So uh, we'll be back next week uh, with our, uh, instead of having a movie, uh, spoiler movie, we're going to have our each of our top 10 uh, favorite mo- horror movies of the year. Damn, I thought we had one more week of Christmas. I was already, I was still picking out Christmas movies. Like, I'll do this one. I thought my week at weeks are fucking times going way too fast, man. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? You're right. But yeah. So uh, we'll be, uh, we'll see you next week, kiddos. Keep it creepy. Very cool. And God bless America. Send nudes out. And sand. Hey, all you cats and kittens, all you ladies and lady killers out there in real vile land. This is your old pal, Mr. Germ T. Ripper, saying, keep it spooky, keep it creepy, keep it real vile forever. And don't forget, like, subscribe, and share all our content. Ow!